Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. John Kenny says, I started doing all this stuff when I was a kid. Rather than getting over fears of open water and finding out that he can swim further, I love how he describes his parents having to get over the fact that he was going to swim no matter what. Growing up near Atlantic City, John shares his intimate knowledge of the World Cup Around the Island Swim, which has a little bit of everything. He describes the course in detail, as well as the ability to draft off your support boat, what it's like to pick your crew out of a hat, and competing against the likes of Peter Stoichev. As a coach, I can empathize with the struggles of owning a business and trying to squeeze in my own training. Personally, I find that coaching others inspires me to keep getting out there and doing more. I think the difference is that John describes himself as a competitive kid and self-motivated to the point of having to get out of his own way, whereas I've become very comfortable in just finishing and love fostering the spark in anyone who's similarly motivated. We all have a story. Here's John Kenny's. All right, so we usually open it up really open-ended, and I leave it up to you to discern how to interpret the question, John. What is your story? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a pretty, pretty broad topic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I started, uh, I started doing all this stuff when I was a kid, so I, I was, um, I just, I, you know, people ask, you know, when you started or when, you know, in the triathlon world, I always get the, the question, um, when did you get over your fear of, say, open water swimming? Or when did you get over your fear of swimming in the ocean or whatever? And so my answer to that is always, I, I think my parents got over the fear of me swimming at some point. I don't know when that was, but it was, you know, at some point when I was 10 or 11, and they realized I could swim a lot better than they could. And, um, I've just been doing it my whole life. So I've, you know, I, you know, got into triathlon as well later, but the, the swimming is kind of something that I just always gravitated toward. Um, you know, I started doing open water swims when I was, uh, you know, like open water races, probably when I was nine and 10 years old, um, oh, wow. did like the ocean city master swim and, uh, some of those ocean swims that were down at the Jersey shore. So, um, that was, uh, that was, I would say, where I got started. And then um, I kind of, like, I would, I was, as, as many competitive kids were, it was more of a focus on, on pool. And that's something that, you know, I've seen kind of universally is that, um, you know, it's, it's like, there's this big push towards pool swimming. And there's really, if you're, if you're not swimming in the pool, you're, where are you swimming? And so there's, there's uh, not that support level. And that's, that's actually built quite a bit since the, um, you know, since it's been added to the Olympics, but even now, um, you know, teams are just not geared towards open water teams are geared towards pool. So I really, um, I spent a lot more time, obviously in the pool, um, and just train really really hard train like crazy with uh, uh, Germantown Academy under Dick Schober for, uh, I don't know how many years, but through high school, I was, you know, pretty much what I was doing. And um, I started getting into the more competitive distance events. Um, I guess after my senior year of high school, I started doing um, the national team races and, um, you know, qualified for, um, my first, the first one I qualified for, I actually made the team and then I didn't make the team. So I did a 5k. It was a 98 and it was at a, um, at a freshwater lake. And this was like when really the, the races just weren't as, as big at that point. And there was, um, there was a pack of, I don't know, there was probably a pack of eight or 10 guys coming into the finish line and it was something they had never seen before. <laughs> and so um, if you follow the sport now, that's the norm. Like it's, it's just 
it's more expected to have that. Um, and they weren't ready for it. And so they, they had a, the finish line was a, was a boat and the boat was moving and it wasn't anchored. And, um, <laughs> so I was, I was given second place and I was told that I had qualified for the world championship. And then at some point they reviewed a tape and they said, I got third instead of second. And so, um, I had to kind of start all over again at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I went back and, and, you know, trained another year and, and, um, you know, the, the following year was the first 25 K I'd ever finished. And that was in, um, Waikiki. We actually swam, um, the whole length really of the southern part of the island and we, oh, wow. spent, we spent about four hours swimming toward diamond head and then we did a little 5k loop um to, to finish up right in front of uh, waikiki beach and i won that race definitively and so that was um you know it was kind of a good feeling it solidified me that i that i belong there you know mm-hmm. and um not a bad venue also um <laughs> right. but I, I, at that point i really you know it was the first time i ever done that distance and it, and it gave me some um assurance that you know that was a that was a better distance for me and so at that point really i started um gravitating toward a lot of this longer stuff now of course mo- most swimmers that do longer swims i don't know most yeah, probably most swimmers that do longer stuff also do the shorter stuff along the way, just just because it's there. Um, and there's, it's not a much, there's not as much of the longer stuff, right? So, um, you know, I, I um, you know, I kept I kept that up, and um, you know, I did the Atlantic City around the islands many times. That was that was a race that I had. Um, you know, I finished that race seven times, and I was second there twice, and. Uh, for those people that follow the swim, it's it's a competitive swim. It was a World Cup swim for a while, and it was mm-hmm. most of the years I did it. It was a World Cup swim, and you would get, um, you would always get a real good international field there. So that was, um, you know, that was the race that was right in my backyard. So I kind of gravitated toward that. Um, but I, you know, every year I raced at the, um, I raced at the nationals, and then whatever international race if I qualified, I'd go to. Um, you know, I was at Pan Ams and Pan Pax and, um, you know, I, I did like three different world championships and um, I just was always, uh, always trying to be there. So, um, and it, you know, that's, I would say the toughest part was the training, you know, it was um, the fact that I had a team that was geared towards the pool and then typically like through college, for example, you know, your team, your season was built towards um, late February, early March championship. And then after that was over, um, you know, no, people didn't train. <laughs> you know, you had, you had, oh, our season's done. We can take a little break. And then people, people, we had spring break and then people came back and in April, maybe people would get in the pool a little bit. But I think we did we did a lot more dry land than anything. And, you know, April was really, it was, well, you don't have another race until November. So people just weren't, weren't really thinking about training hard at that time of year, but I, I had to be, so I had to really do a lot on my own through the, through that time of year. And, um, you know, the summer, summer wasn't really all that different. The summer, the summer required, um, you know, just a massive training load, and I was doing a lot of it on my own. Um, you know, down in Atlantic City, and you know, later on, I got a job in Wildwood, and they really just the training options weren't really there, and so I was doing a lot of long swims on my own. Um, geez, geez, talk about how how long ago this was. We didn't even have the new wave swim buoy. Yeah, right. that, that didn't even exist yet. And I, I was talking about maybe maybe I start like maybe I tie a kayak to myself or I do something else where, where I'm more visible. But most of the times I I just wasn't, you know, most of the times you're just kind of dodging boat traffic. And I maybe I got lucky. I never really had a serious run in with anything, but maybe a cruise shell or something like that. So, um, but um, yeah, that's I mean, that's a I mean, that's a that's a 10,000 foot view on it. Um, <laughs> 
I had a lot of really amazing experiences along the way. And, you know, I was able to see a lot of amazing places. Um, always try to do a couple of um, international races every year and see you know, where I stack against um, guys, guys uh, around the world. So, um, you know, I just had a, had a really great run and I, I, I've, I've kept with it. Um, I haven't, um, I haven't obviously been on the national team. My last national team was 2008. So it's been, it's been a few years now. Um, but I've kept, I've kept up doing some of the swims and, um, I haven't, uh, I, I've really focused more on the business and, and organizing swims, um, more than I have actually doing them. And so it's tough, uh, and anybody that's a that's a business owner can tell you that it's really it's really all encompassing and you you've well, the way the way I would generally handle it is I fit in my training when it fits in as opposed to like okay I'm gonna go out and this is this is my primary thing for the day I'm gonna go do my my four hour swim and that's my goal for the day no it's kind of um, you got to get other things done and then you got to fit in the, the training where it fits. And so that's kind of really the way that, the way that I've been the, the past few years anyway, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially as um, my triathlon career has been, you know, well, I've, I've stayed competitive in triathlon, but triathlon has kind of lost its ability to make a living. <laughs> so over time, that's, that's kind of, kind of dwindled a little bit and, you know, this year's, this year's been confusing for everybody. So I think uh, where the future lies is, uh, is about as up in the air as it's ever been, I think. And that's, that's not a unique story. That's, that's kind of everybody right now. So, um, but I can tell you that I, you know, I love everything that we've done and, and, you know, endurance sports to me is, is, um, you know, it's just something special that I'd like to, uh, I don't imagine myself ever uh, doing anything else. Um, <laughs> so, um, I yeah. have a question for you as a as a coach. Also, um, do you find like that you can recognize a person who kind of has that endurance like twinkle in their eye <laughs> that you can kind of foster? Or do you think you can kind of push anybody to distances? Um, well, yeah. So the twinkle, like without question, yes. Um, I think that. I think that some people just have that. I think some people, um, I mean, it's like anything else, you know, some people gravitate toward it and some people you have to push towards it. Um, and so the, frankly, the, the people that have that, the people that have that affinity towards it, I are the easiest people to coach. And, you know, I know Diane's on the call and I'll, I'll, I'll give her a little, um, you know, a little pat on the back here. Cause she's been, amazing to coach she's 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 very difficult to coach but at the same time the part that makes her difficult to coach is the part that's the easiest and so she she's a student of the sport and she wants to know and she has a lot of questions and she's always she's always looking for that you know like that little thing that she can do and she's always looking for and you know, it's it's really refreshing when you when you contrast that with swimmers that are, you know, like like people that are involved in triathlon and have a ton of talent, like just just oozing talent all over the place, but they they don't have that mental aptitude to to go and like, um, you know, swimming to to be good at swimming requires a huge huge training load, and I think more so than any other sport because we're we're moving around in this in this medium that's very thick and in order to swim fast requires a huge energy expenditure. So in order to swim slow that may not be true. If you just if you're just kind of going through and like moving through the water casually that, that doesn't require a lot of energy, but if you want to swim fast and especially if you want to swim fast and long at the same time, the energy expenditure is just through the roof. And 
that's that's proven by a lot of different um you know if you look at if you look at swimmers compared to um you know runners or baseball players or any other sport whatever whatever it may be um swimmers are the ones that really have the tendency to be able to put out large amounts of energy over time and i'm not saying swimmers can do anything but you know if i were to just take a guess and you know we were going to move furniture all day or we were going to chop wood or do landscaping or any like any activity that just requires energy swimmers tend to be the best of those things just because they they have the ability to to just put all this energy into the water so people, most most people don't really realize that fact and so people look at it well you know i, I was a runner and i ran okay and I, I i do really well at this but now I get into into the water where it's going to require a lot of technique and that, that kind of, that, that skill, um, it takes a lot more, um, fine tuning and the, the technique of course is a function of your, of your fitness and of your ability to, to move that water. So, um, I think, I think a lot of people really struggle with that. But it, it, it really is refreshing when you get somebody that, that has that um, affinity towards it and that, you, you know, they're, they're the easiest people to coach by far because they want to be there. You're not, you're not um, pulling teeth and you're not, you know, it just, it's, it's, you know, they want to do it and they want to go for it. And every, it's, it's a team effort, you know, it's a, like, we're we're along that journey together and there's no um you know there's no question about it you don't really question that person's dedication or anything like that you know, there's good days and bad days like anything else but 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 there's there's always that that fire um to, to go so. yeah yeah i appreciate that i do i want to get back to your your story though can you tell us about a swim that you're the most proud of um so you know, the swim from, from, a you know, me swimming standpoint, um, you know, the around the island swim is the one that I would say I'm most proud of. And, you know, I did that swim seven times and, um, you know, they used to call it the, the world's toughest, uh, marathon swim race. I don't know if that's true or not. I guess, I guess, uh, I'll go with that because that's what they called it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of tough, there's a lot of tough races and there's a lot of tough well, there's certainly there's a lot of tough swims. There's a lot of tough uh, solo swims that people have done. And I think, I think calling it the toughest race, I think kind of um, pulls it out of that category. Like, well, the, the four times English channel crossing, that doesn't count. Cause that's, that's not a race. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more amazing feats people have done, but um, you know, it's, it was a, it was a swim that really, um, you know, it was a, a the whole the whole island, which you'd have an ocean leg, you have three inlet legs. You start in the inlet and you go through the long port inlet and you go through the um, the Absecan inlet again at the end. And you have this contrast of um, all these different types of swims. You know, you have cold water and you have a, a rough ocean leg for the first ten miles, and then you have this back bay section where. You have tidal, um, you know, a tidal estuary to navigate, and you had sometimes very warm water. You know, sometimes you get 65 in the ocean and 85 in the bay, and <laughs> you'd also, you know, you'd also be navigating the way that the currents are moving, and so you'd have, um, you know, you'd have uh, what I would call a technical swim. Uh, that, that's probably not a word that they use a lot in swimming. It's it's more of a cycling word, but technical meaning that you that there's a skill element that's beyond just going you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to you have to figure out where to go and how to go where you're going and when to go and when to switch sides of the bay and when to and what point to aim for so that you wind up at the point you want because if you have a current that's not moving in a, in a linear direction um you know, you have to figure out, well, where do you go to, to hit that spot on? And so there's, there's quite a bit of that. Um, that swim was, you know, this is zigzaggy, um, you know, section through the bay. And they always had, uh, they always had parties, you know, they had, um, uh, people would be out there in the afternoon and there, there'd be, 
just all the docks would be filled with people cheering. And that, to me, that's also, um, that's something that I think really lacks in a lot of other, um, you know, a lot of other swims. It's, it's just, and, and by no fault of their own, but they're, it's just really hard to get spectators, you know, how do you yeah. get spectators to, to a marathon swim and how, how do you get people interested in it? You know, and yeah. I, think, I think the tradition there, and the way that swim had been going on so long and just the history, you know, of, of the swim, I think really gave it, um, you know, it gave it that, that, um, legend, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, then of course that last inlet section where I've hit that a few times where you hit an incoming tide and you'd be, you'd be fighting the current for the last five or six miles and you get cold water, um, cold water coming in from the ocean. And all of a sudden it's, it's, you've been in the bay that's 85 for three hours and now all of a sudden it's 65 again. Wow. So that, that um, can really shock your system. So, um, I, you know, there was one year in particular that um, I was swimming really well and I, I had, a, I had, it was a really impressive field. There was the world, the, the current world champion and the, um, um, the, leader of the world cup uh, which is all the all the marathon swims for the year and both of those guys were in this event and um i was able to i was able to get second place at that race and i think i was uh probably in fourth or fifth halfway through the back bay and i was able to move up um through that technical section which i would say um, was really home field advantage to me because I, I swam those sections all the time and I knew exactly where to be. Mm -hmm. and, and it's amazing when you take, when you take a little bit of momentum, like you're feeling good. And then you combine that with a tactical advantage um, where you can instantly gain 30 yards on somebody just by, just by knowing what no part, of the, what, where to be, where to avoid that current. And you can instantly gain, say, 30 yards on somebody. And then all of a sudden it's like that that just kind of parlays itself into into better momentum for you. So I was able to really um, um, use that to my advantage the whole way and really move up the, that whole section. And I was able to pass the guy who, um, you know, in my mind was, was completely unbeatable. The guy who was a world champion that year, I was able to pass in the, in the bay. And um, I was really, I was gaining ground on the leader. And um, that was Peter Stoichev, by the way, if you've heard of Peter Stoichev. At one time he held the English Channel record and he's, he's, he's got a resume um, all of his own that's really impressive. So, so being able to be, a, a, you know, being able to compete against those guys and, you know, I, I think I was making up ground on him in the pat in the last few miles um you know you can see the you can see the boats you can't see the swimmers so you, you know you might have been three or four hundred yards in front of me but you could see that you could see where the boats are but you you know you, you can't see the, the person splashing when when you when you're really getting close then you can see the swimmer which is maybe uh yeah i don't know 100 yards away maybe you can start to see a swimmer but um that's 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 probably the swim that I you know sticks out in my mind as you know the one that was the most memorable and it was most memorable because of you know how I competed there so yeah were you um I feel I don't know if it was in the 80s or so were you of the era where you could draft behind the boats for that swim I think yeah right. yeah so the um that was really unique because the the um the Van Dyne boat was um so it's a rowboat and it has a real big um, stern sheath, which is basically the, the back of the boat is kind of a big flat. It actually angles down. Um, it angles out. Like, so from the back, it angles out and up. So you could almost get underneath of the boat. Um, you know, as you're, as you're swimming this way, you know, the boat is almost like above your head. And if you can get really close to them, you can, you can gain an amazing draft and that's the um the real challenge of that swim is staying right in that spot um because that's the draft off of one of those boats is is greater than the draft off of the swimmer so mm -hmm. to be able to 
to be able to get in that right spot was huge. And most, most events, um, you either had a power boat, you know, which of course you can't draft off a power boat. Um, and, or you had a, um, um, a kayak and, and getting, getting off the stern of a kayak is really not, um, not, not helpful either. So, um, a lot of those swims you were kind of, you know, other than around the island swim, you really, if you want to draft, you have to draft another swimmer. Yeah. Um, and so that that's the other thing that made that swim is really unique is that it was a it was a purely individual effort it was a it was a time trial where it's you and your crew and you're competing against other crews but there's not like there's not directly drafting off of the other swimmers it was draft off of them and then the boat the boat gave you more draft than another swimmer could anyway so yeah I'd read about that. So thank, thank you for getting into that a little bit, but it also highlights the need for having a crew that you really trust and that understands the conditions as well. That were they tell us a little bit about crew for that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because that was, a because that was a, an international, uh, you know, world cup event. Um, what they did was the rowers were random, like the boat and the rowers, oh. um, you, you'd have a random drawing. And the only guy you had control over was your trainer, and so you you'd have you'd have a guy that was sitting sitting on the the stern sheet, and you'd have the the two uh, the two rowers would be whoever you picked out of a hat, and I think it literally was a hat. Um, you know, it was <laughs> they didn't have a there was no high tech. Uh, it was just a bunch of names written on a paper that you picked out of a hat, and so. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the rowers were, most of the rowers were good. And then every once in a while, it, it was funny because that, that swim was strenuous on the rowers too. Um, you had, um, I would say every year, and you might have you might have 30 crews or, or something like that on average. And every year, I think I saw one of those crews getting towed by a boat because they couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And, I will say um, I've rowed those boats before and they're, they're very, um, you know, you have, it's a, it's a 350 pound, um, 17 and a half foot long fiberglass boat. And they're not, the old ones were made of wood, um, but the, the fiberglass ones still 350 and they get a little bit of water in them, you know, and you also have a, you also have a trainer, which sometimes that's another 200 pounds or, or more, depending on who you have. So, you know, these guys are rowing a substantial amount of weight and, you know, the, the, the trainer is dead weight on the stern. And so that, that's pushing the boat down, you know, ideally you'd want to have that weight in the bow for, for rowing purposes. You got to weight in the stern, which is all, it's like you're going uphill the whole time. And so, um, and it's, it's a power oriented stroke. So it's really heavy on the, forearms and then also of course to do to do the drafting part correctly you're not taking full strokes so if you take if you take one full stroke the swimmer's left in the dust so most of that was just these little these little arm strokes and so you're doing this and you're doing this for you know seven hours plus um it was it was strenuous i mean you by doing that for an hour you're like Popeye you know like with the with the big forearms and um you know seven hours of that I think now most of these guys were seasoned rowers so they were used to it um but it really it was it was a different it was a different type of activity and so a lot of them a lot of them really struggled with that so um luckily I I never had that I never had an issue I always I always picked a good crew out of the hat um I wish I could have picked my own crew. I would have picked the, you know, there's certain guys that, that I knew really well that knew the course and then, but it, you know, I, I always got really fortunate to have a good crew and a good, uh, good trainer too. Um, I went around with, uh, Jim Whalen actually a few times when he was available. Um, he was, he was the guy I would have taken, you know, as, as the perfect trainer, he's the guy I would have taken because he, he knows that, swim and he knows the bay and he knows all that stuff better than anybody and so he was uh um you know he was the guy who was really the, the legend of that swim so um but uh of course he he 
had his own um, <laughs> he had his own life of politics, so you know, not always available either. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that's uh, that was that was huge. I mean, the, any open water swim that that's that's really important. But I think that one in particular, just the way that the way that there was there were so many different elements, there are so many places you can win and lose it. I think that was what um, made that so so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about, you've talked a lot about just kind of the fortitude to get through the really, you know, long swims by yourself and um, well, even just in like, to me, enduring, like at that competitive level, like what really drives you? How do you keep yourself going? Um, I would say um, for me, it's almost the opposite. Um, I have to, I have to not stand in my own way. Um, the The driving force behind whatever I do is 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 so strong that I mean, sometimes it outweighs like whatever else is going around. That's that's also important. I mean, life life balance and all that. Um, but for me, um, I don't know. I've just always I've always had a drive to. To do these things i've just it, it's just been i don't know it's been ingrained in me forever um so i would say um yeah the the um um get, getting out getting getting out of my own way is probably more how i would phrase that um it's uh yeah it's it's I, maybe I'm really lucky in that sense and that I've, I haven't really had to, I haven't really reconsidered and, you know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that part where you're just kind of, um, where you're in the middle of the training and you're just, you know, everything's dead and you're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like my favorite part, you know? <laughs> so I've just, I've, I've never, I've never had real, really any trouble um, with that but then sometimes you know for whatever reason or another sometimes you get in your own way and that's that's probably the the biggest obstacle I've seen yeah that's actually an interesting <laughs> analogy too I think when um I think when people maybe even on like solo swims and I, I can't remember I, I looked at your long swims database but I can't remember some of your so, solo attempts but when people get in their own way with um, like any up ending a swim for one reason or another, which I guess maybe can segue to, is there anything that you haven't completed? Um, I have, uh, I've completed everything I've started. I've completed, I've never, I've never dropped out of a race or I've never, um, I've never, um, I never started a, a swim with the intention of completing it and then not finished. Um, and so maybe, maybe I haven't, attempted um anything hard enough yet <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's that's scary to me because i know um i know the way that i am and um there's a certain point where um you know there's there's a certain point where there's a danger you know to a, to a swimmer and, and going mm -hmm. to a certain length and you're, you're start, I, i've probably been close to that point i was i was the one year um, this is a, a different year in the around the island swim where I didn't have as good of a swim and there was a there was a long incoming tide at the end and I had cold water all the way up to, to the very end and um, I got out of the water and I was cold I knew I was cold um, but I knew I was starting to kind of lose my um, I don't know what you would call it, dexterity or, you know, I was starting to lose my ability to um, pull the water and, and really starting to shiver a little bit, I guess. Um, and I got out of the, I got out of the water and I didn't really think anything was wrong. I was just like, okay, I'm just, I'm a little cold. I mean, the water was cold, so I'm a little cold. That's all. And, um, <clears throat> you know, medical, medical professionals um, decided that I should go to the medical tent. And I didn't have a choice in that matter. They said, you're going, no, I just, I'm fine. I just need a hot shower. You know, I'm fine. 
And, you know, they sat me down and wrapped me up in blankets and took my temperature. And they said, well, it's, what, what's my temperature? I said, it's 97. 97 is not that low. I'm fine. No, it's 90.7. <laughs> I said, well, um, okay, maybe that is low. Um, so I, I didn't. I didn't have that ability to recognize that in myself. If probably if I put myself through that more often, maybe I maybe I'd have that better. But I, I didn't have the ability to to see that in myself, and so that's that's when you're re- that's when you're really requiring you know, relying on a crew, and um, you know that that can be uh, that can be kind of scary. And so um, I haven't I ha- I haven't pushed myself through that line where. You know, I've, I've gone past that, that point. Um, so I don't know. I've, I finished, I finished everything I've, I've set out to finish. And, um, that includes some, some new stuff that actually even includes the, the first time I did the Randall Allen swim. Um, my, my coach who was Sid Cassidy at the time had told me, um, you're going to get out. I forget where he told me to get out. Um, he told me to do, he told me to do like 10 miles, I think. We, we, we were planning, well, he was planning for my swim to end in, in Longport or Margate, somewhere about halfway through the swim. He said, that's, that's as far as you can go. And um, I, I, I chose to do otherwise because I, <laughs> I, I felt fine and I, and I felt good. And I think I was in like, probably in the top uh, five or six swimmers overall at that point. I was being some of the guys that were like the long term, long time favorites. And uh, I, I feel fine. I'm not getting out now. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I kind of did the opposite there. I, I went, I went through and I went past um, what I was supposed to do there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question in a kind of backwards sort of way. um what about some other swim memories have you swam all over the world can you you've told us a lot about the around the island with some other awesome places that you've swam um so i mean uh i don't know waikiki i I did i did three different events there um that was um you know i've swum many many places um but you know in terms of places i've gone to race and compete um you know that that was that was one that you know it's kind of a kind of a really I don't know just ideal. You, you can you can see fifty feet down the bottom and you're you're just surrounded by this natural beauty. Um, most of the races were in more populated places. I, I've been to I've been to other places you know that that I've swum that are you know I mean Maui and uh, Molokai and other other Hawaiian islands that are less um, populated, I think, tend to be, tend to be like, oh, like, where are we, we're, we're, we're driving 20 miles away from civilization, and, and we're going to go hop in this beach that, you know, you look up and down the beach, you know, 10 miles in each direction, and nobody's here, and those, those tend to be, I think, to me, that's, that's, uh, that's like the essence of the exploration of swimming, is when you, is when you get just far away from everything and maybe, maybe even do something nobody's done before. Um, but, um, you know, I did, uh, I did the Ironman in Cozumel, which is, uh, pretty spectacular. Um, you know, I've done a couple in, couple in Europe and, uh, you know, the, the beach in Brazil. Um, that's, that was, uh, that was something else too. That was, yeah, again, these places are populated though. These are <laughs> populated areas where there's, um, you know, just the, these uh, beaches that are just mobbed, and you know that it's all exciting though. You know, ha- having somebody uh, go do a race and have like fans on the beach um, that are that are waiting for the finishers and cheering is is uh, is a totally different. It's it's almost the opposite, but it, like. Of, of doing that solo attempt. So most of the ones I've done have been, you know, geared towards um, getting, getting um, 
fans, you know, getting getting people excited about the race, which is a lot harder to do with a solo than a solo attempt. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, there's too many too many places to yeah. name. Those those are maybe the ones that stick out. Is there anything that you understanding it's harder now as a coach and your investment in the sport for promoting it and everything, but was there anything you have your eye on that you would like to do? Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, as, as an individual, I, yeah, I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably looking a few years down the road. Um, you know, the, the business kind of comes first as far as that goes. So, um, you know, getting things kind of a little bit more on stable ground, which is not, again, not a, not a unique problem, but getting, getting things on stable ground so that I can, um, uh, you know, so that the business kind of runs itself a little bit more um, would be, would be kind of number one priority. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, um you know, we just, we were just looking at, um, you know, Stephanie Saucy, one of our swimmers, um, at post up, she just did swim around Charleston and said, Oh, look, you know, there's this guy, uh, Alex Costich, she did this race. You should go race him. Like, okay, well, I don't know. Where does he, where does he race? And they started naming all the places. Well, he does this swim every year and he does this St. Croix and he does this, you know, and, and they're naming a bunch of places that were in these tropical, uh, paradise destinations and it's like oh okay i guess i gotta go i guess i gotta go do one of them <laughs> i guess i gotta go to st croix or something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> but um no i mean i don't i don't really have anything in particular that i that i'm looking for um i i right now i think what i'm focusing on is is just continuing the love of the sport continuing to um continuing to explore, you know, and mm-hmm. to, find, to find new places. And, you know, we were uh, talking about, you know, camps, doing, doing a camp somewhere, um, you know, trying to find a, trying to find a good location for like a, like a swim destination camp and, um, you know, being able to organize that so that we get, we get enough people that it's, that it's viable to, to kind of set that all up. Um, so that's kind of, I would say, kind of more where my priorities are at. But I, I, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to, to doing another, another big event, especially if, uh, you know, if we get to go somewhere. So, yeah. Uh, just two more questions, and then I'll let you guys go for the day. What, um, what advice do you give to aspiring marathon swimmers? Um. So probably a lot of advice um but i would say um you know number one practice and experiment um and number two which is maybe a little bit opposite of advice of, of that would be um listen to the experts you know there's people that have done this before and there's um you know i mean uh you know guy jeff who just swam around uh, coronado like we were talking and he was like, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to have 12 ounces of, of fluid every 30 minutes. That's my feeding plan. And well, why, why, why are you waiting 30 minutes and why are you doing so much? So infrequently, like, why don't you cut that in half and do it every 15? Like, that makes, makes a lot more sense to me. Um, and you know, if you just, just something basic like that without even knowing the swimmer, without even knowing the venue, without knowing anything. That's, that's an easy one. You know, it was an easy suggestion to make and without, without asking someone else, you wouldn't really have that. Because maybe, maybe when you're training, um, you might do a 30 minute set. And when you're finished doing that 30 minute set, and, you know, the pool might be warm. Most most pools are warm, indoor pools especially, you know. Okay, when you're done doing that hard 30-minute set, you look down at your water bottle, how much did I just drink? I just drank 12 ounces. Well, okay, that's, so that's that's logical. It makes, it, it's not it's not an outrageous thing for somebody to think. But um, you also have maybe two minutes in between sets where you can drink all that fluid, get it, get it to settle, you know, and 
you know, in a, in a, in an open water swim, you just don't, you know, it's, it's gotta be quicker than that. And so, um, you know, that, that, that was, that's just an example, but, you know, I definitely say, you know, listen to some of the things that the experts have said. Um, at the same time, I think everybody's got to really, everybody's a little bit different, um, which is what makes coaching so interesting and challenging is that you, um, you know, no two, no two individuals are alike. So you, you can, you can come up with a plan and you can, um, you know, you can follow that plan, but, um, an individual is, two individuals are not going to react to a plan the same way. So it's important to kind of, um, have a gauge over your, over your athletes and figure out, um, you know, what's working and, and maybe even tougher is what's not working and how to, how to remedy that. But, um, yeah, I, I'd say listen to the experts, but um, keep experimenting and keep, um, you know, keep, keep, keep a track of what's working, you know, log what you're doing um, and have fun. You know, I think that's the part that people miss. I think that some people get so um, over engrossed in what they're doing that they, um, that it becomes, um, rigid and monotonous and uh i think that's probably the main thing that makes people lose their their fire you know that oh i'm gonna and and maybe i'm maybe i'm speaking more in triathlon terms but you know like i i don't know i, I think the swimming community is a little bit different but in triathlon there's a lot of people that i want to do that i want to do such and such iron man and they train so hard and they put so much into it and, and then they finish that that race and then it's just like you know, like just all the wind, all the air is just deflated at that point, and there's no, there's nothing else after that. And so you need, you need new goals, you need new, um, new things to reach for. So, um, but I think if you have a deep-rooted love for what you're doing ingrained in you, then it's not work; it's it's fun. So okay. that's, what you, that's what you need to keep. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, what marathon swimmers inspired you? Um, yeah, so there's there's been a lot, you know. Um, you you just go down the list, but I would say the one in particular uh, would have to be Jim Whalen, and you know he's the guy that was in in my life anyway was such a pioneer and such a guy. He was a guy that you know. Um, he did so much beyond actual swimming, um, you know, doing, doing the swim solo, I, you know, to, to bring it back, um, was, was such a major accomplishment and more than just the swim, it, it revived the, it revived the whole thing and, you know, the, the city came alive for that. I found and you know, um, you know, he, he gave me a lot of advice about, you know, we talked a lot about the swim. We talked a lot about swimming in general, talked a lot about life. And he was a guy that personally inspired me. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other guys too. I mean, Sid Cassidy was down there all the time and Sid, Sid did amazing things. He's, he's done amazing things for the community. I think there's so many swimmers that do amazing things that, that do these, awesome swims um but the the guys that i have made personal connections with i think are the ones that really are, are a lot more meaningful to me because <clears throat> you know it just, it just goes beyond the swim um you know how do you how do you weigh <clears throat> like one really really difficult swim versus another like they're they're all impressive you know these guys are you know how do you weigh uh, you know doing it an ice swim, um, you know, compared to a hundred mile swim, they're just, they're just different. Everything people are doing these amazing, uh, accomplishing these amazing feats and they're all, they're all impressive in them, themselves. And there's a lot of people that aren't at that level that are doing their own really impressive swim. That's their own, that's their own version of the English channel or their own, whatever 
you know, it may have. So I, I think, I think there's, there's inspiration all around us. Um, you know, the ones that have stuck out to me are the ones that I've been, you know, individually involved with and the, the people that I, that I've known personally. So I think that's just a, just a normal bias maybe, but, um, yeah. you know, yeah, I, 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 even, even in the world of politics, um, I rarely ever met anybody that had a bad word to say about Jim Whalen. And, and that's, you know, you talk not not to get into politics, but that's that's a that's a tough thing because everybody in politics, everybody hates somebody. <laughs> and so, so to have somebody that was, you know, that beloved by by all, and um, you know, has inspired so much change, and he's done so much for the community. And you know, Atlantic City is a tough community. It's just it's not a, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a really. Um, um, you know, the the community doesn't have a lot of options. Like he brought swimming options to a community that didn't have it. And, and um, you know, a lot of people just underprivileged that he was able to you know, inspire and, and help. So, you know, and there's a, and he continues to do that, you know, his, his, uh, his memory and everything, um, you know, continues to do that. So there's, there's, uh, that's, I think that's when you know you've, succeeded is when you've um you know created that legacy and um you know and and it continues you know after you're gone it continues to, to inspire and help people that's that's pretty impressive in my book yeah. yeah that's awesome thank you so much for sharing your story with us today john i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me on china yeah all right you guys have a good day we'll see you next time yeah you too bye-bye bye-bye Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.